Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. But do you have any advice for my man here? <laughs> no, I got no advice, man. I'm a big, everybody knows I love pop performing. So I've always been a big fan. Keep it real, even when keeping it real goes wrong, baby, because, hey, we need people out there to make sure they're putting out the real stuff and not that fake news. So I appreciate pop performing. Keep doing you, bro. Here come the drums. That's former Longhorn cornerback Rod Babers with some advice for my my man Derek. You guys know him as Day Day. It's the 41 Acres podcast. Landry Locker, Derek Foreman in the building, and let's just let's just get right into it, Derek. We'll we'll talk about your beef with Tom Herman right now. But what did we see from Tom Herman in year one uh, as the 2018 season approaches that 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 raised raised your eyebrows a little bit and made you question some of the decisions he was making? Uh, let's just say from a coaching standpoint on the field. Um, sometimes I just thought that you know he didn't have the be- he didn't put the ball in his best players' hands at times. Um, you know I felt like the offense was was very stagnant. I felt like the offense was you know basically putrid. You know, and and just to be honest with you, if it wasn't for Todd Orlando, I feel hell we lose more games than we the wind up losing anyway. Strength. Yeah, the defense was definitely the strength. I I love Todd Orlando, and and people have the misconception that you know I want Herman to fail. Whatever my personal. Uh, beef is, you know, with Tom Herman or was with Tom Herman or whatever the case may be. Is Again, it's not a reflection on uh, uh, Longhorn Nation as a whole. You know, I love the University of Texas. I love what Texas has done, you know, for my family, for, you know, my children and, and you know, blessing them, you know, to receive education there and to play ball at, at the uh, university that they always wanted to you know, honestly play ball at, you know, from the time that they were little kids. You know, I've like I said before, I, I was a Longhorn fan before my kids were You're even a born. Fan. Yeah, right. So I mean this is not anything that I just jumped into once my kids got recruited there. You know, I mean this is is what our household is, man. Right. You know, we've been hook'em. Um but it was just some some questionable things that I think that that he could have done better. Just some questionable play calling. The play um, calling inside the five immediately comes to mind against USC. You know, you you, you have a quarterback inside Sam Ellinger, who we know, we, we know that he's a good he's he's a good runner. He's a he's a big guy. Uh, his legs are part of the package, but. When you have Chris Warren sitting on the sidelines or you have Chris Warren playing tight end and now you see him in the NFL and you can say that he's playing third stringers, he's also playing with third stringers. So right. I never understood that whole he's playing against third string because he's playing with third string as well. But when you have Chris Warren and you're running the ball with your quarterback multiple times, they did it all the time. It was every game inside the five. I get it if you have JT Barrett and I get it if your offensive line's good, but you need to give the ball to the running back. And if Chris Warren had had been, let's say, not playing at all. It'd be one thing. I would just sit there and say, you know, maybe maybe he's not buying into the culture. Uh, maybe he right. doesn't want him out there. But when he's sitting in a three-point stance at tight end and you have Porter in there or you're running the ball with Ellinger, to me that questions your play calling. And what makes it even worse, and this is what I think the biggest knock on Tom Herman was in year one, and I give him a pass uh, – 
for year one because Nick Saban in year one he was uh, seven and six at Alabama. They lost to like they they lost to like Northeastern Louisiana or something like that. They lost to a directional Louisiana school, Louisiana Monroe or something like that. And Nick Saban at, at Herman's A's has never been a a college football head coach. I'll give him a pass for that, but it's it's a little bit outrageous uh, to to call quarterback draws when your O-line sucks and your quarterback's been getting beat up all, uh, off over and over and over again and you have Chris Warren just sitting there playing tight end that was that that was unforgivable and Tim Beck I don't know if you you're familiar with Tim Beck's uh, right. work but Tim Beck the year after Herman won the national championship at Ohio State calling plays Tim Beck called plays as well and this is how bad Tim Beck is at calling plays this was Zeke Elliott after the Michigan State game I want to say he had like 13 or 11 carries something just asinine and Zeke Elliott hated Tim Beck's play calling so bad that he announced that he was leaving afterwards you deserve more than 11 carries in a game like this and how big of a part of the offense do you feel like was missing without you touching the ball um I think I do deserve more than 11 carries I think I really do I mean honestly I can't speak for the for the play calling, I don't know what was going on. I don't know what they were seeing, but uh, honestly, it didn't work out. <laughs> it wasn't working. Did you think this could be your last game here? Um, is that why you're so disappointed you didn't get the ball more? Honestly, this is my last game in the shoe. I mean, there's no chance of me coming back next year. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and I totally agree with that. I'm definitely not a, a Tim Beck fan at at all. But again, that's why I don't give Tom Herman a pass. That's why he doesn't get a pass from me because you were the play caller at Ohio State on a national championship team. Granted, you know they had, you know, all the talent, talent around, right? around them. I know squad. they have three different, but Beck you know, had quarterbacks. the same squad too, though. The next year, right? Beck had had the same squad, you know, the, the next year. Um, you know, but that again. It's an indictment on Tom Herman because you know what you're able to do. You know, uh, uh, calling the, the plays. You know, on, on offense. So now, you 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 see that the play calling is atrocious, and you still don't you know make the change until the until the bowl game. He was asked earlier this week uh, about the play caller, and and Herman basically said it's the Texas offense will all be calling plays. What the hell does "will all be calling plays" mean? What does that mean, <laughs> man? He 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 to me. It, it means that he doesn't want to to uh, take the responsibility of calling play play calling uh, the play calling responsibilities because let's be honest with you if he goes out there and it's the same bullshit that we seen last year is a total indictment on him you know it's like it's like Tim Beck is the scapegoat okay well I'll let you know Tim Beck call the plays or he'll you know be the play caller or whatever if things happen to go south you know this year for whatever reason hey i can get rid of tim beck and it still buys me you know more time at texas but if he takes over play calling right now and you still put out the same product that you put out last year it's going to be a huge target a huge indictment on him as a play caller. I said this about Charlie Strong, and I, I, I've heard you kind of say this about Herman. The, the biggest knock on Charlie Strong is you're supposed to be a defensive coach. Your defense is 92nd in a 100-something, two out of your three seasons. So it was it was a garbage defense. I can't watch that raggedy-ass offense again that I saw last year. And I think I, I believe in Tom Herman. I actually think I think he is the guy that's going to get Texas back. I can't watch a raggedy-ass offense like that again. I can't do that, and I shouldn't have to when that's your specialty. I no, shouldn't have to do that. 
and exactly, and that's my whole thing. Like you saw what this was, where this was going last year. You know, for whatever reason, and and, and I get it, I get it. Even you know, with my son, you know, and. Honestly, that's what pissed me off last well, year so too. I, son, I was dude. upset. Like, that's you know, the whole thing. you know, and, and, and that was it's your son. You no, know, it's, it's my son. But people were thinking, oh well, he's just you know being a dad or whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah. But you criticize Charlie I'm, too. I'm being a dad, but I criticize Charlie too. Charlie for for running r- running Deontay, Deontay too much. Fifty-one times, yeah, in the in the Kansas game. You know, I thought that that run. You don't see NFL running backs getting the ball fifty-one right. times in a game, bro. That's 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 Earl Campbell esque. You know, uh, back. You know, in, in the Oilers days, day. you know, that's like Phillips crap. right? Exactly, but you you don't you don't see that nowadays. I I was mad at I was mad at your son that year. I I got I got to confess, I was really angry because uh, the Charlie Strong the the Charlie Strong era. I think the reason a lot of people just didn't care about last year and they don't care about the uh, the upperclassmen. I feel like a lot of Longhorn fans just wanted to get rid of the Charlie Strong era. And I your agree. sons, your sons are part of the the Strong era. Uh, I guess Chris Warren is too. So a lot of yeah. a lot of fans, including myself, just wanted to put the Charlie Strong era in the rear view. Wanted nothing to do with it and just wanted wanted to get done with it. But I got mad at Deontay. He had a damn good season, by the way. But I got pissed at Deontay because I've I've grown up a Longhorn fan. And uh, my dad, my dad and I, we we traveled to games when my parents got divorced. My parents met at UT. They right. got married in Austin. I was born there. I've been to all three uh, times. I've been at the Rose Bowl. I take me and my dad, like season ticket holders, we're there all the time. I right. love that shit. I got shingles when they lost the game uh, when I was uh, when, when I was at a different school. The reason I got mad at him is because your son scored a touchdown against Baylor and did a Heisman pose when when, when they had like four wins. Hey man, hey hey man. hey! I was, it, I was like, come on, Deontay. Hey man, no no. Look look here here here's the thing, man. He was rolling, man. He was feeling himself or whatever. And, and, and to be honest with you, man, I think that he was actually. I mean, yeah, he was a top you, look, 10 you, look, you look at you look at at, at at you know Leonard Fournette that year, what he was doing, Dalvin Cook, you know, even Donnell Pumphrey, you know, uh, down there. But I mean. And I feel like Deontay was the the the, the door cause. He was the one that people weren't really talking about. Yeah. And I mean, and, and here's the thing about that: you knew who was going to get the ball. You knew everybody in the stadium knew who was going to get the f-ing ball that year, man. They was, and, and that's what what. And I'm not just saying this because this is my son. I don't care who it is. You know, it's two thousand yards, man. And when you know who, when you have a true freshman quarterback. And your running game is your best friend. Yeah, you might have talent out of receiver, but your running game is your best friend. They're stacking the box. Every team that we played put eight, nine people in the box, and he was still able to rush for two But the Heisman yards, pose in Waco on a four-one team. Come on, come on, Deontay. Um, come on, but, Deontay. But, hey, hey, he he was feeling himself. Hey, but hey, but did it, he consider look, coming back last year? We we talked about it honestly. Um, he 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 knew he was like you know yeah man, he was done I, you know, man I, it's I, dangerous I, for I running backs to, running backs right. you got to get out of there because there's right. a shelf life yeah well, you know the NFL stand for not for long man so you know you got to go and get your money man you got to well, go get paid while while you're hot you know uh, anything could have taken now had he have come back and, and, and we did discuss it had he had he have come back and I'm and looking at it now in hindsight I'm glad that he didn't you know because in Tom Herman's offense the running backs aren't. Unless it's Zeke Elliott, I mean he's had some good but, he's but had some good but backs. Maybe maybe if Deontay would have come back, I mean he's an NFL. Been, 
He 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 did well with an NFL caliber back. I wonder what it would have been like like last year. Let's like because we we talked about this before, and you just look at the Texas season. It's weird as hell. On one hand, you can say they had a chance to win this many games. They also had a chance to lose a lot of games. I think they they had a chance to win all but the TCU game. But you had a godly punter who probably won you a couple games, which is crazy oh, to say. Michael Dixon, he's is, the man. Is, oh man, with this dude and you is, had the defense. What this dude is doing in the NFL, man. I mean, just, he's got the internet going nuts. Getting going nuts with this with this catch yeah. how many games you know, do they win if 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 they don't have him i mean i, I think uh, it's a five win uh, season maybe four you know if, if they don't have michael dixon man i mean he his ability to to change field position and to pin uh teams you know deep in, in, in the in oklahoma state territory? game was oh, remarkable wow and that that was another heartbreaker where Absolutely. where you have ellinger throw the interception that's yeah that's the other question you know the play calling and then and then the, the ellinger's decisions last year well even and, and here's the thing here's the thing that that it's kind of double-edged sword i i i, I kind of give herman uh uh sort of a a a a a, a pass so to speak or or uh not You've guess, never guess, given Herman guess, a pass. Not, no, no, look, don't sit look, here and lie, Derek. Not, well, well, You've no, never given no, Herman no, a pass. Listen, listen. <laughs> not, not so much of of, of a pass uh, per se, but the fact of even with the offense being as horrible, you know, as it was, we were still in positions. The Longhorns were still in positions last year to you know win a lot of games. And like I said before, you know, I give Todd Orlando so much credit, man. You know, Herman is the only coach that I've you know, had a personal issue with. But again, to say that that I'm rooting against Herman is to say that I'm rooting against the university that I love. Yeah. And I absolutely love, you know, uh, Texas Longhorns. I want them to get back to that blue blood program that, you know, that that runs the state of Texas, man. Right. I want them to get back to that. We all do, that. man. And I think, you know, Texas and Oklahoma, and of course Oklahoma, you know, uh, you know those guys are remarkable. You know, you have Baker Mayfield, great, great guy. I've had my conversation with him as well. Uh, you know, number one pick overall. I don't, I don't look at everything through burn orange. That's uh, that's exactly you know, it. I don't look at everything through burn orange glasses, and, and uh, I get ridiculed a lot. You know, uh, you don't love Texas, you don't care about Texas because you know you're saying this or you're bashing the program or whatever. And I challenge people on Twitter, like pull up one tweet that I've ever said anything negative about the University of Texas. Have I ever said anything about negative about the University of Texas? Have I ever said anything negative about any other coach on the staff, even as horrible as Tim Beck was? Or is I never said anything, you know, uh, really about Tim Beck. It, my problem was with Herman because you have the ability to change things. He could have changed and called the offensive plays last year. When you see that, he did in the bowl game, which well, it, it worked yeah, out too. Right. Well, yeah, it, it worked out in the bowl game, but why wait? To the bowl game, when you seen early in the season, hey man, and I mean the blogs and in, 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 in you know the Twitter sphere and and Longhorn Nation was just going bonkers. Like you know what is this that we're watching every week? It was a and I saw it was it was it was a rough offense. I can't I can't watch that again. I I cannot sit here and watch that kind of offense from an offensive coach. But I give him a pass for year one just because it it, it is year one. He's trying to change the culture. Uh, but the most important decision that Herman made uh, that we all knew was going to happen, we'll get into that in just a second, yeah. but this is Herman announcing that Sam Ellinger is going to be the starting quarterback uh, for UT. He's throwing the ball a lot better. He's, he's sitting in the pocket much more comfortably. Uh, and let, let's make no mistake, uh, Shane Bouchelle had a great camp. 
great camp. Didn't do really anything wrong. Neither of them did anything to, to justify, you know, saying that you can't win with that guy. Um, so it was just a matter of who do we feel gives you the best chance to win in the first game and, and uh, let's see if we're right. Come on, man. Did we really – was that that wasn't a quarterback competition. I think he picked the right guy, but that, that it, it, I would have been pissed if it would have been Bouchelle. It had to be Sam. Dude, let me tell you, it was never going to be uh, Bouchelle. And, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, you know, people think that I'm just pulling stuff out of my ass or whatever. I'm still connected to the program. You know, my kids are still connected to the program. So it's information that, you know, that I get from parents or, or you know, fa- uh, uh, not – necessarily parents uh all the time but you know family members of of players and and you know through some players you know just through the connection you know what i'm saying with you know my sons because my sons are still you know cool with you know those guys uh, that that's there so you know i i hear things and 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 things are, are being told to me or whatever and i'll be honest with you it was you know herman you know, I read, you know, where, you know, Herman saying, oh, it was a close competition or whatever. The Come case on, man. Be, yada, that yada. was not a competition. But, but, it, but it, it wasn't, man. Sam Ellinger, everybody knew that it was going it's to be. It's Ellinger so with a hard G. Yeah, Haven't you I, heard Herman I, say it? Yeah, Ellinger. So, you know, it, it was never a competition, man. It was never a, a – a, and it's not a, a shot at Shane because I think Shane is a really, really good guy. You know, he started a lot of games for the Longhorns. He ain't the guy that. Or whatever. But, you know, in, in, in this offense – He's not the guy for this particular he ain't the that, guy that Herman wants to run. He's a great backup. I mean, you're lucky to have Shane Bouchot. He's actually the most experienced quarterback in the Big 12 this year, believe yeah, it or not. Absolutely. That's, that's what's crazy, and I think Ellinger is actually second. Like, everybody everybody in this conference lost their quarterback, and that's why, that's why this is such a big year, too, for me, because OU's replacing Mayfield. Oklahoma State's replacing Rudolph, uh, and you have, you have all these teams with first-year quarterbacks except West Virginia, and... Texas has the most experienced quarterback position. I don't I think Ellinger is the guy for this job, but I don't know if he's the guy. Like I just know that Bouchelle's not. I'll 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 say this, you know, just through my sources, and like I said before, I don't just pull stuff out of my ass. So if I say it, then obviously I'm hearing rumblings behind it. I've heard that Cameron Rising, you know, the the true right. freshman that they have, he's already graded out higher than Shane Bouchelle. So don't don't be uh uh surprised if if anything were to happen, allegedly, uh, he would be. So you think rising? The, the, you think you think if Ellinger goes down, we could see rising? I, I think it's a possibility that we could see rising. I like Honestly, that. I think it's a possibility that we could see rising. And, and and you know, my thing is, you know, you have to wonder what's going through uh, Bruchel's mind. You know, uh, you know, if he ever really thought that he had a shot, you know, at you know being a backup quarterback or or, or starting, you know, for for that matter. Uh, and, and let's just be honest with you, man. Hey, you know, Tom Herman played the quarterback thing the right way. You know, I give him credit for that because here's the the thing. We've already been in quarterback hell. 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 You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sh- you know, we're still since, in it. Yeah, I mean, since, we're still in it. Sam Ellinger, I like Ellinger. It's looking up a little more now, but uh, I agree with you. We're still there. I mean, yeah, it's looking a little bit up, but this is uh, – I don't know what Sam Ellinger will be. I believe in the kid. Uh, I like his spirit. Uh, he seems like a leader. Uh, I like how he played against USC. I think he was actually the the best game was against Oklahoma. Yeah, I thought yes. he played his ass yes. off against Oklahoma. But 
I can't sit here and look you in the eyes and say the next time Texas wins or competes for a national title, Sam Ellinger is going to be the quarterback. I believe in the kid, but there's reason for there's reason to be skeptical about Ellinger too. Well, I I think the the, the you know the kid has an, an upside, and I agree with you. There's reasons to be skeptical about you know Ellinger, but. Here's the, the the thing, you know. In in his defense, he was a young quarterback. He was a kid you know, last year, you know, behind thrown, a crappy you know, O line, behind a crappy O line, thrown into the mix or whatever. And I think for the most part, he was able to kind of man up and kind of you know took on that responsibility. Yeah, he had some bonehead you know uh, decisions, the Texas know, the Tech, the and game, then the fumble right? against SC. You know, but but these things are to be expected. Now he has a whole year. You know, he's had a whole year to kind of, you know, reevaluate. I don't know if he went back and kind of looked at film or looked at games from last year or whatever, but I, I'm looking for a better Sam this year opposed to last year, more experienced Sam this year opposed to last year. Well, look year. at your son's jump, man. Like, that's the thing about these. Like, there's a lot of other podcasts. And, uh, look, we're, we're, we're lifelong Longhorn fans, and we're going to keep it real. We're going to react week to week on the games, and we're going to talk about that stuff. There ain't going to be no sugarcoating it. And – it's not going to be just. A, it's not. We're not going to be repetitive. We're right. going to. We're going to be the voice of the fan. We're going to be the voice of of Longhorn Nation, and we're going to talk about this. But these kind of things and and everything that comes up, we're going to have guests as well. But this is the thing about this, and this is why. Like we were doing a podcast, and this is actually the first time we've met. Uh, this is uh, me and Derek. You're you're hearing you're hearing our first conversation together, but. This is the thing about kids and when 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 there's all these preseason podcasts and you got fans breaking down like around the Big 12 like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, they're breaking down other teams. We don't have a clue because these are kids, man. Like it, just look at the physical maturation of Colt McCoy from his uh, freshman year, look at a picture of Colt McCoy's freshman year, and then look at him his junior Dude, year. Yes. It's not even the same person. No. You've, Corey Redding, I know when he was at UT, he gained 40 pounds in the offseason. Like, your son, he, he got a lot bigger from freshman to junior year, and if you just look at his production, like, good lord, I didn't know your son was a baller like that. I didn't, like, look, yeah, I didn't know Deontay was a baller like that, like, because... All this recruiting and stuff, and I don't get into recruiting. By the way, if you're in a recruits mentions right now, if you're a Longhorn fan and you're you're a grown ass man and you're in recruits mentions right now that are high school kids, you're Lame. a weasel. Lame, you're dude. a weasel. But you're uh, Armani was more highly recruited than Deontay, and yeah. Deontay was there. And then it was like, oh, who's this Chris Warren kid? He might be the future. Right. Deontay, we did not know. We did not know that Deontay was what he was to his junior one, year. One thing that I that that I can say that's negative about about Longhorn fans. And I've stated this, you know, uh, from the time that my sons, you know, came on on uh, campus, and especially the, the year after. We know that Malik Jefferson was special. You know, we know that this kid, you know, comes in and, and uh, you know, he was this, you know, five star recruit. He was whatever, supposed to turn and, around the program. And, and, and absolutely, and 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 that was my my thing was, you know, everybody, you know, uh, you know, this kid, you know, is a for sure, you know, first round, you know, pick, and so on and so forth. It's easy to say these things in the first because let's just be honest with you. The first half of, the, of of that freshman season for Malik Jefferson was phenomenal. He was handling his business. The Notre Dame game, you know, on up, you know, until uh, after the uh, the the bye week, you know. But the second half of the season, I don't know if he was kind of dealing with with injury at that time or whatever. But it wasn't really all that great. You know, the second half of the season, you know, Malik didn't really have a, a great season. He got benched, 
you know, the, the his sophomore season, you know, under Charlie Strong, which, again, I don't feel like that's Malik's fault because, you know, like I said, everybody think that I'm this Charlie Strong apologist or, you know, I just didn't want Charlie Strong to go or whatever. Yeah, Charlie Strong up too. He made some bonehead, you know, decisions too. Malik Jefferson is was never a inside uh, I mean, I'm sorry, a, a middle linebacker. Dude, you know, they had him basically was, soaking up blocks like right, he was some never, scrub. A, a Mike May, if, if, if you engage, and this was the knock on, on Malik, if you engaged in Malik Jefferson, he couldn't share blocks. But if you put him at the weak side and you let him just kind of be that dog that just roams the yard, bro, he's going to shoot that gap and he's going to get back there and he's going to disrupt some And Charlie had him totally playing out. And everybody position. knew it too. That was what was so bad. Like the, the Charlie Strong era. And I look at Malik as almost as a disappointment. And I know that that's pretty harsh, but he was the face of, of, of UT football for three years. He was supposed to be the guy like there, there's been like transitional recruits where obviously when Chris Sims decided to go to Texas instead of Tennessee, it was mm-hmm. a big moment because that was when the blue chippers just started right. coming. And right. then you had Vince come yeah. and you had all the, you had all these recruits. Malik was supposed to be the guy that was going to turn things around and, and it didn't happen. Like he didn't. Th- th- he had uh, what one winning season with in his whole career, and it's like it, it, it was disappointing. But God, he was being misused. But yeah, he exactly. Man, he was and, being misused and, and that, his first why, two years. And that's why I don't put it. You know, and, and it takes a team. I mean, one guy can can make a difference, but it takes a a collective team effort to be able to to do these things. And I'm talking about everyone being on the same page: offense, defense, special teams. Uh, which our special teams has been. Hell, garbage. Texas special garbage. teams has been kicking hell. the kicking you know, even like they get field goals blocked even with Charlie whether yeah, it's Herman it's just it's it, all over the place I don't know it, what's going on with so that it, it was a lot of things so we except can't just, the punter we, we know we know that that Malik you know was was, was that guy you know uh, coming in and like I said you know in his defense Charlie definitely played him out of position so yeah Charlie did some bonehead shit too honestly you can even go as far as saying you know. Why in the hell? We we knew. Everybody knew. I mean, I just watched the games. Everybody, as great as a kid as Jonathan Gray is, and he's a great kid, a great leader in that locker room for those young guys. And, you know, my son, Deontay, he swears by him, by Jay Gray. He really loves Jay Gray. Jay Gray. That was and, another and, disappointment, and, and, though. And Malcolm Brown, you know, both yeah. took him, you know, as a On freshman on their wing. But that sophomore year, everybody knew that Deontay was the better running back. Over Jonathan Gray, that sophomore year. Gray was but, Gray but, was rough. But, Char- but Charlie would go into press conference, and Charlie would say, "Hey, uh, you know, hey, our, our best players are gonna play." Yada 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 yada. Well, Deontay Foreman was your best player, but you sacrificed your Charlie loyalty. And and I know it sounds crazy to say this, but man, when it's your job. It's not about loyalty no more, man. You have to do what needs to be done. And that was the problem with with uh with Charlie, you know, referring back to my boy uh, uh Rod Babers and, and, and Jeff and, and Matt, shout out to those boys, man, Longhorn Blitz podcast. But I totally agree with what those guys said a long time ago. Charlie was more reactive than proactive. Charlie would wait for shit to happen. And get drastically bad before he made a change. He he was he was a very very bad in game coach. Yes. Very bad. Like they they ran a hurry up against UCLA at Jerry World when they were up to they that they ended up losing. Uh, he he did a, he did a couple things against Baylor. One time he tried to decline a penalty that he didn't need to decline, and the ref actually talked him out of it. He was an 
awful in-game coach. Well, I think Herman's a good in-game coach. I, I, I'll, I'll say this uh, about the UCLA game. Of course, I was there at the UCLA game. That was Armani and Deontay's freshman year uh, at Jerry Will. We win that game if um, if if Mikael Thompson don't bite on the hitch. They they set that play up perfectly. They ran the hitch a couple of times, and that particular time, Mikael bites on the on the hitch. He jumps, and the receiver just straight down the sideline. Side yeah, line, I was right bro. there in that you know end zone. Man. Yeah, so, that was that yeah, was rough. That was disappointment. But was but you're running a hurry yeah. up with two and a half minutes left, and you're up, and you're off, and like I just didn't I didn't understand it. Then he then he misused coordinators. But it's going to be interesting to see with this Herman thing because yeah that they, they 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 just don't they didn't have a bell cow running back last year, uh, and I. I I wonder if whether it's Ingram, the freshman, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe Carter, or I, I don't it, know. It, it, I don't it, know who it's it, going to be. It, it won't be Tennille Carter. You're not a Carter I, fan. It, it, well, no, I'm, it's not about me not being a Carter fan. It won't be Tennille Carter. This is what I'm. I, again, like I said, I don't. I don't just pull stuff out my. Yeah, ass. go ahead. People, go ahead. People tell me, man. Uh, right now, Daniel Young, uh, uh, Trey Watson, the transfer kid, you know, from, from you like Canada, Young, from uh, 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 Daniel Young. Yeah, you like him. It. I mean, that's a no. You know, that's a no. Look, it, 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 rem- it remains t- to be seen. Of course, he and Carter were both freshmen. You know, last year, Daniel Young made. You know, because remember, Carter got suspended for the bowl game. Right. So Daniel Young was in or whatever, and he made some. You know, I think he had a touchdown. He you know, uh, catch yeah. out the backfield or whatever. So I mean, again, let's give these these kids time to grow, and that's you know, going back to my point. Ingram's you know, the one, though, isn't he? Ingram is, is the guy. I think that he's going to be the guy that that's going to uh, at least help more than than the rest of the backs. I'm hearing really really good things about this kid. But again, you know, he's he's still a freshman. I mean, you know, like you alluded to earlier, that that four star, five star, that doesn't matter, man. When you step between them lines in college football, man, you look at Deontay. Deontay was by. You know, some uh, high school compository rankings or whatever, he was a two-star. Some people had him as a three-star. Then he goes to Texas and wind up, you know, being honestly, and I don't say this just because he's my son. This is just statistical facts, being probably one of the top five running backs to ever come through University of Texas, you know, as a three-star. You know, so – Stars don't matter, man. But they're all also those prize recruits that come in and and and, and they're straight dogs from the beginning. There's well, exceptions well, to everything for and sure. I, and I th- and I think this guy, Caden Stearns, right? I'm hearing a lot of great things about this guy. Now, again, you know, for him to to you know come in and and start to start, you know, at UT one at, at UT is huge, man. That's There'll be huge. some growing pains, and, and it will be some growing pains. Like I said before. And, and that's what kills me about about these these uh you know UT fans man that that see everything through burnt orange uh, glasses so to speak. There's yes. some good ones, but there but the, the, the extreme worst sometimes like like a lot of podcasts are just like Herman can do no wrong or this right. guy can do no right. wrong. That's just not how I fan. See, that's and, not and, how and I, I fan. I, that's, like we, that's when I go on the radio, we're after a game. We're, we're going to react to what happened. Exactly. Was there a bad play call? Was there bad coaching? Should this guy have played? What went wrong? Like it's 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 it, that's really that's but, that's how but, fans should be. But you you have you know these these Herman apologists and and let's keep it real, man. Like I said, we can keep it real on the show, but yeah. we're going to keep it real. A lot of these dudes don't want to write bad things about Herman because, because of they, access. Because of access, exactly. They know how 
arrogant and how pompous of an asshole that Herman can be. That's how uh, college coaches do that. Right. I mean, like, and, you, and, you and, hear and, the giggles Saban gets at pressers and stuff. Yeah. It's like these guys are just up up his ass. And, and, and that's my thing. And, and that's – and it's not – this is not so much on Herman or whatever, but that's another thing. I think that Herman is getting – and he – he very well may be the coach to turn to. I think he's around. the chosen like, one. Like I, I think he's the chosen one. Like I said, I can before, see you throwing up in your mouth with that comment. Well, no, 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 because like I said before, to root against Herman would be to root against the team that I love, the team that's been good to my family, the university that's been good to my children. You know, and I love this university. So I don't, I honestly do not root against Herman. I just think that he gets way more love than what he needs to get based on what we've seen so far. You can't tell me, and you are definitely a Herman fan, but you can't sit up here, Landry, and fucking tell me that that when Herman was announced as the head coach, that you saw anything less than nine wins last year. No, I, I expected nine last year. I, I like this is the thing. Like it, it, this year, I, I'm I'm putting the bar at nine wins. I'll, I'll go on the record right now. I don't care about injuries. I don't care about anything. They have to win nine games this year. That's that's my number, and that's where I'm going to put it. And I, I understand process and stuff, but Oklahoma's got a first-year quarterback. TCU has a first-year quarterback. Oklahoma State has a first-year quarterback. You you should you should be in the draw. You're freaking Texas, man. Yeah. Like I was telling this the other day, and I, and, I, and I'll, I I had this conversation with Rod, who we're going to hear from in a in a little bit. I I. For me to say that Texas is going to go nine and three should not result in someone looking at me like I just farted. Like I used to expect <laughs> right. ten from Mac. Like it was ten games all the time. I should not. I. I, I should. I, I. I got to get back to the point where ten wins is something that I expect. I have to get there mentally. I well, can't tolerate this. Well, that, well that, that's where we all want. We all want to get. You know, and and like I said before, again, if Charlie is the guy, I'm I'm sorry, if Herman is the guy to get, you know, Texas back to being that dominating blue blood, you know, in the Big 12, you know, and we win the Big 12 championships and and getting to the playoffs or, you know, even win a national championship. You're not going to sit here and criticize like you're you're going to you're going to keep right, it real. I'm going I'm going to keep it like real. Like if I he mean, shuts I'm, you I'm up, going, you're going to yeah, shut if, up about if him. He, if he shuts me up, then hey, I will shut up. But as of right now, it remains to be seen. He has to show me something, and that's what pisses me off about all of these Herman apologists and all of the insults, you know, <laughs> that I get which is actually kind of funny. I don't really give a damn. But, you know, because these these people are i am me loving this university as much as i do i am a lot more objective just like you are than a lot of these fans man because we don't look at everything through burn orange glasses you know although we can say yeah let let's see if herman is going to be the guy that's going to come in and change this program but at least we're we're uh, uh objective about it based on what we've seen you know, last year, and of course, you give him a pass. I don't give him so much of a pass last year because I feel like, you know, his arrogance cost us certain games. I last also year. think, but I, I, this is my, this is my thing, Derek. I think that he was more focused on changing the culture and the process, uh, speeding up the process than just winning games, which sounds silly at, at the University of Texas. But I think year one, he was just trying to clean the floor of any sign of the Charlie Strong era. That's okay, that's what I feel but, like. True, true, but but. But you're you're doing that, and that's fine. I have no problem with them coming in. And, and, true story. Um, our money and I, we were in Atlanta at the uh, College Football Awards. Okay. And he and I were in the room, 
talking. And I told him, I said, well, you know, it's going to be, you know, a new coach, you know, coming in or whatever. You know, what you think about it or whatever. He said, you know, hey, you know, it, it is what it is, man. You know, we just got to go in there and, you know, everybody just has to get better, yada, 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 yada. You know, and I told him, I say, man, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. And I told him this. It's like I, I, I seen the you know, before it even happened. I say, you know, you seniors are really, really going to have to fight out there. You know, I say, I know you guys are experienced and you guys have been in the program, but you seniors are really, really going to have to fight because when you have a coaching change or whatever, he wants to come in and he wants to establish things with his guys. He don't give a damn about you guys because he didn't pick you. Exactly. You know, and, and you so, know, and, and, and I don't think the fans care about those guys because the Charlie Strong era was so bad. Like I, I found myself but, doing it. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't personally care that your son was pissed. I didn't care that Chris, I, I didn't care that anyone was pissed because I just wanted to get rid of the Charlie era. Well, but, but, but here's the thing again, at the expense of, of, you thought it of, came at the of, expense of winning at, at, at winning because Clearly, some of your better – hey, people say what they want to. I've heard, you know, uh, you know, our money was trash this year and that. Day. First of all, our money made difficult catches at UT, and I can name several of them. You know, and he made critical, you know, catches at times. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, but even with him being benched, so to speak, for, you know, X amount of games and, and – three games for sure, and playing sparingly in other games, he still, and I'm not saying this because my son, statistically, pull it up, PFF, uh, Pro Football Focus, pull up the stat. He was statistically one of the better wide receivers on the team. And with with him missing those games, still led all wide receivers in touchdowns. So what does that – so if if, if – you know, some people say, well, he was trash or whatever the case may be, but he missed X amount of games that totally didn't play and played sparingly in others and still led the team in touchdowns. The last I checked, how you win games, yeah, defense can can stop other opponents or whatever, but you have to be able to put up points. And if you're not putting up points, you're not winning. So our money was actually helping this team put up points more than the other wide receivers on the team, you know, were putting up points. I haven't felt good about receivers at UT than I do heading into this season in a long time. And I don't know I don't know why. Maybe that just says more about how crappy the receivers have been. But I actually like these young receivers. But I will say this. I think Will Jordan Humphrey is going to have a, an incredible year. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of his. But – Colin Johnson really hadn't done a damn thing. Yeah, man, yeah, he hadn't done, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm no. not saying he's uh, he has the tools. He looks the part. He's shown I, flashes, but Colin Johnson has not really done I, anything. I agree with you, and and that's again, that's what kills me about some of these you know Longhorn fans. And I and again, I get it, man. I get you know rooting for your university, and and you want these kids to do well. Hell, I want these kids to do well. I want Texas to get back, but but you know. They're, they're so, oh, this kid is going to be the next this or this kid is going to be the next that or whatever the case may be because of how highly recruited they were or whatever the case may be. Man, let these kids develop. Do you remember when Colin Johnson came in? Oh, we have this 6'6 receiver and, you know, he's going to be the next Calvin Johnson-esque or whatever, yada, 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 yada. You know what I'm saying? And I agree with you. To this point, and no disrespect to the kids, I think he's a great, no, a he great kid. Do it. He could do you know, it, but he hasn't but done much. He, he, ha he hasn't done.
since he's been on the 40. Yeah, he hasn't be, done his, anything. His best game was the USC game. And, again, yeah, you you go for 100 and some yards or whatever, but you have to score points. You weren't able to score points. Even when we were in the red zone, you know, and he was on the bench, which, like I said, again, I'll never understand that theory, you know, with with, with uh, uh, Herman or, or Tim Beck or whoever the F was calling plays at that time. But you just – Colin Johnson has not – gotten it done and this is gonna be a year for him I'm this hearing, is his year i'm hearing you know that he could potentially be uh because you can't teach six six right you just can't teach six six you can't so he he's this is is gonna be his year if he doesn't do it this year bro it, it's gonna be a problem he has to it's i mean it's be his a year. problem it's 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 his year he, he has to do something uh you're gonna have humphrey on the inside and then you just got you got all the kids i, I was disappointed that himful maps uh transfer that kind of that, that was a little bit heartbreaking for I, me I, I i you know one thing about me man again i know so much information on on things man see people just think you know oh you just don't like herman because you you love charlie or whatever dude i know inside that I would never share, uh, you know, publicly because it, uh, you know, I, I would never blast a kid. That's one thing that I'm, I'm not going to do. I'm going to yeah. judge a kid. Like totally. we said, you're a loser. Like we, we'll sit here and talk about this, but you're a loser if you're at in in kids' mentions and stuff like that. At the yeah. end of the day, we love the college football, but I ain't going to sit here and I can say that Colin Johnson hasn't performed, but I'm not going to sit here and blast a kid. Right. You know. I, you know. We're, we're going to judge the kids strictly on their, their, you know, performance on, on the field, off the field or whatever, because that's what we do. That's yeah. what this podcast is. So we're going to judge them based on that. But it's, it's, it's information that I know that I would never. So you're actually, saying it's not a hundred percent Herman's fault with uh, RHM. Is is it, it wasn't a hundred percent Herman fault, fault with, with RHM. Uh, but Herman, Herman played a factor you know, in oh, that. Sure. And like I said before, I'm not going to go into detail. Yeah. I mean, the kid is gone. You know, we, we've moved on. Uh, you know, we're, we're focusing on this year. I have information on on kids this year, names that have been uh, uh, rumbling in, in, in inside things. But like I said before, I'll, yeah. I'll never put that out, you know, one way or another. I, I would never, you know, implement a kid on, on certain things. You know, I know kids who've recently – Honestly, recently have failed drug tests in the program. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That I'll never put their names out. And I know this for sure. Like I say, this is not information I put. I'm not gonna come on a podcast and say something, you know, just out my ass, dude. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It, it ain't that serious with me, bro. That's just like someone asked me on uh Twitter <laughs> the other day, uh I can't exactly think what it was, but it, it was something about about Tom Herman. When I told him, I said, "Hey, I don't, I don't know. You know, I, I'm not gonna sit up here just because I have a personal, uh, uh, you know, how I feel about the may feel about the guy personally. You know, I'm not gonna go as far as lying about anything on the dude to to go out my way to to bash him or to make him look bad. I judge Tom Herman, ba- you know." on what he's going to do this year and what I've seen him do or didn't do last year. And like I said, that's why I understand changing the culture, but I believe that he did it at the expense of winning games. And that's ultimately what it's all about. So let's say, okay, yeah, I I, I may have cost myself some games by not playing 
some of the better players or whatever whatever the case may be. Okay, fine. Just like you alluded to a few minutes ago, he can't come back this year with that same bullshit. And then another thing. You're off, you're, the offense can't be like that. And, and another thing that, that bothered me last and year. And he needs and, to call plays too. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need to hear anything else. Like You, you need to call plays. A, a, another thing that, like, bothered, that, that bothered me too uh, uh, about Herman last year that I thought you know was you know pretty f***ed up to be honest you know one thing about charlie that charlie did do as bad as an in-game coach charlie was charlie did take a lot of response if you watch charlie press conferences he would always refer and say you know hey i have to be better it falls on me it falls on my coaching staff you know yada 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 you watch Herman press conferences last year, man. He threw those kids under the bus quite often, man. See, I don't mind a coach throwing kids under the bus, though. But 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 ultimately, you're the guy. You're supposed to be this offensive. But guru. he took blame too. He he did say like it's on me, it's on us. We have to do better. Well, he has said uh, that after, <laughs> kind of after Urban Meyer made the comment, and you know, I you know, it's crazy to even refer to Urban Meyer right now with all the controversy going on. But just you know, for context. After Urban Meyer, you know, kind of called him out on it, you know, hey man, you, you you know, you can't you can't do that. The fairy dust comment. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you can't. You, well, you, the thing is, right. like, I think Urban was kind of Urban was because him and Charlie coached together at Notre Dame and they coached together at Florida. Charlie right. was his DC, so right. he, I think he was. I think he was just as much defending Charlie as he was bashing Herman. Well, I mean, and, and here's the thing: it wasn't like you know, well, Herman made the comment also. Uh, um, uh, Something to to the uh, the point of, you know, well, we know we just, you know, kind of, you know, have to deal with, with with what we have here or whatever the case may be. Basically, referring to so the Charlie, players weren't good yeah, enough. The, yeah, the, 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 the players weren't good enough, or or you know, Charlie left the cover bare. No, Charlie did not leave the cover bare. Even, even as horrible as Charlie Strong was, he still had two top ten recruiting uh, seasons. You know, as horrible as he was. He still were, was able to recruit and get guys in there. So the cover wasn't bare. Look how many people that we had drafted off of the defense last year that's playing in the NFL right now. You know, a couple. So, exactly. So, in some that weren't drafted. But that's I don't in think the NFL. it was. I also think, and this is why I don't feel char- sorry for Charlie Strong on that, because I feel like he hiked his leg on Mac Brown too much, because I don't think. I don't think it was as bad as he was saying when Mac was there. They played for a Big 12 championship. They uh, did. The, the final game of the regular they season did. against Baylor. They did. Uh, when Mac was there. So yeah. this notion he, like they yeah. were recovering from the death penalty after Mac. Yeah. He, I thought he, Charlie did the same thing with, yeah. with Mac Brown, too. Because they they were, were talent there. You you still had, you know, Quandre Diggs there. You, the, the, the problem, and this has been – I respect Mac so much, man. When you can play for – play uh, uh uh what was that 2013 that he uh that they were playing Baylor the last game of yeah. the year for the Big 12 yeah. uh championship or, or whatever with Case McCoy you know what I'm saying you know and 13, you you're right and, and, and you were able to to you know yeah. to get that there with Case McCoy exactly and we know Case was nowhere near his brother he couldn't carry his brother jock strap yeah we knew I, that but I don't even know how Case got a scholarship I don't know how well, that happened. Well, we, we, we know how Case got a scholarship. <laughs> Case got a scholarship based on his brother, man. You know, but then he the, played the, the same. The same reason why, and no disrespect, because I love this guy. Oh, his don't family, say this. His don't family say this. is great. Don't say this. Or whatever. But I'm gonna tell you. Don't say it. it. Hey, it, it, I, I don't. I don't 
really know how Tyrone Swoops wind up getting uh, a, a scholarship. Man. But 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 I do and know they why. That, and he, he lingered around forever. A top Ty, position. Tyrone Swoops got a scholarship because Mac Brown. Now, obviously, this was the downside of Mac's career, but Gosh. Tyrone Swoops was signed. Need a quarterback. Tyrone Swoops was Damn. signed basically because they were think was thinking that he could potentially be the next. Vince Young. Yeah, that's a little weird. I don't like that <laughs> yeah, comparison, bro. There's yeah. only one. There's only one thing those two have in common. Uh, yeah, I think you know what <laughs> right. it is, dude. Uh, let's no let's hear from somebody. Uh, let's let's hear from uh, Rod Babers. He played for Mac Brown. Uh, he's going to be our first episode on the Forty Acres. We're going to have a guest uh, every week. But I I, I talked to Rod Babers, uh, a buddy of mine. Uh, you remember him for his work in the two thousands when mm-hmm. DBU really yeah. started. Uh, but I asked Rod Babers about a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, and I also asked him uh, just straight up: Is Tom Herman the right guy for the job? For some people, Tom Herman's. You know, they're still on the fence about him, right? They don't really know what to expect or what to think of Tom Herman. There's some folks at, at U of H, obviously, they don't trust him, so he's not a man of his word because he was dishonest with the players about whether he was staying or whether he was going. Uh, here in Texas, there's been the, the Deshaun Elliott tweet uh, that was taken back, and some people think that means that some of the players uh, might not have liked the culture change necessarily. Um, there's also, remember him dancing at the Texas Bowl on the The nipple rub, I mean, the nipple rub. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I heard he got in some trouble with that uh, from the boosters and the donors and from Chris Del Conte. They don't want their head coach uh, acting in such an unbecoming manner. So people are a little stuck. Some people want to call him an a-hole. They're like, oh, man, Tom Herman's an a-hole. And I always say this, the best coaches that I've ever known, and honestly the best coaches in college or pro, honestly they're a-holes. Doesn't make them a bad person. Was Doesn't Mac an a-hole? Guy. Was Mac an a-hole, though? Um, Mac, no, not, no, not out front. He was not. No, no, no. I'll say that Mac, but Mac was a little bit different. Remember, Mac was his own public relations uh, department in himself. Right. That's the reason Texas struggled during Charlie Strong's tenure with putting out a great message, right? Remember the coaches got mad at him because he wasn't recruiting in the state. And uh, remember the debacle about him going to go get Sterling Gilbert and he couldn't get the offensive coordinator. He wanted on his own, so he had to bring in the president to help him out. All of those were public relations nightmares. But Mac Brown was so savvy. Look at him now doing, you know, analyst work uh, for ESPN. He's such a savvy guy with the media. He was able to manipulate the media media a lot into a lot of different situations. He would control the press conference. And also, as I know very well, and me and Mac have buried our hatchet, uh, but he would try to control the message to the point where he would try to control those who are actually, you know, trying to uh, inform the public, meaning myself. So I think for Tom Herman, he's got some of that Mac Brown in him, too. He wants to control things. But I think he's, I think he's, he's cocky and he's arrogant. You don't see a coach dancing on the sidelines mocking a, uh, an opponent unless he's arrogant and a little cocky. But I kind of like that about him. And I'll say one thing about him dancing on the sidelines. Yes, it got him in trouble with the boosters and the donors. And Chris Del Conte probably had to give him a stern talking to. But after that game, Brecken Hager, other players in the locker room said that's when he won over the locker room. And it was shocking. It was like that's the moment he won over the locker room. Even Drew Locke of Missouri said, hey, I wish my coach would dance with us like that on the sidelines. So he relates to those players in the locker room a lot better than we can. And I think for him, as long as he wins the locker room, he doesn't give a damn what anybody else out there is saying. He most recently allowed John Bonney, 
uh, to transfer. It was from Houston Lamar, uh, DB High, as I call it. He allowed him to transfer with no penalty to Texas Tech. I think a lot of that was because he wanted some positive public publicity out there. So there was a lot of negative publicity surrounding the Ohio State story and whether he was the source and all that kind of stuff. And I think ultimately he wants people to know I'm for my guy. I will take care of my players. That's really the only thing he cares about. He also might have seen Bonnie play a couple times when he was at Texas. I'm, I'm just kind of kidding a little bit. That <laughs> dance that you mentioned, I was actually at the luncheon, and I don't think people understood the backstory of that whole bag thing. There was a luncheon, and uh, Locke was actually on stage, and he started dancing, saying he was going to get get into Texas and stuff. Three guys from each team were on the stage, and he said, yeah, we're going to get the bag. So that's that was the backstory on that. But I'm with you. I like I like I kind of like my coaches to be a little bit of an a hole. Uh, yeah. and, and I'm glad that you and Mac buried the hatchet too, because going back to that, that pissed me off actually, Rod. And that was before I actually got to know you a little bit. But I'm glad that he yeah. at least uh, came around on that because that was that was I, I think all college coaches are somewhat petty and they're allowed to control things. But that was that was next level. You and Max thing. It was, it was, and I, you know, I was petty a little bit too with it, and me and Mac actually went a couple of years without talking, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but most recently, we hugged it out and everything and, and talked it through. And I just think that Matt got really paranoid towards the end. He knew there were a lot of people that were trying to get him out. His uh, his circle of trust was starting to shrink a little bit at Texas because he wasn't winning the games and he didn't have the, the leverage that he usually had. And, and he ultimately, he told me this, and I agree with he said, if you were playing for me, I would have taken up for you the same way I took up for the guys that I was criticizing because I had been critical of – some players and some play calling. He said, I would have taken up for you when the fans criticized, you know, the team that you played on. And I agree with that. I said, you know what? That's why everybody loves you, Matt, because you are for your players, which is kind of what I brought up about Tom Herman. The, when the fit hits the shed, it's because now I'm a member of the media, but also a player, and people won't listen to you, as you know, unless I keep it real. And when Texas is getting their butt whipped in 2011 and 2012 and 2013, I got to keep it real, even when keeping it real goes wrong. And it went wrong for me. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it definitely went wrong. But I'm, I'm glad you kept it real, and I'm glad you're uh, you're doing your thing right now. Uh, I just want to throw a hypothetical out there before we get to some storylines in the upcoming season. I threw this out there on Sports Radio 610 earlier this week. What happens if, because we, we remember the guys that interviewed to replace Mac Brown, if the Longhorns would have hired, let's say, James Franklin instead of Charlie Strong, what are we saying about the Horns heading into 2018 right now? Wow. Uh, damn, that's – and actually, I was a big David Shaw guy. I don't know if they could have pulled him. Uh, that would have been nice, yeah. too. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you with the James – I think if Texas would have hired James Franklin, they would still probably have James Franklin as their coach today, uh, and they wouldn't have, you know, Tom Herman. I think that's just the real – because the truth is, Charlie Strong is probably still there if he doesn't lose to Kansas. If you don't lose to Kansas, Charlie Strong is probably not fired. You know what I mean? They probably wait one more year because they don't want to be paying. Hell, right now they're paying Mac Brown. They're paying Charlie Strong. They're paying Charlie Strong's staff. They're paying Tom Herman. They're paying Rick Barnes. They're paying, they're paying a ton of people right now. So they would have liked to uh, have been a little bit more frugal about that decision. But when you lose to Kansas in football, mm. all bets are off. You got to go. Done. Everybody agrees. I, I love Charlie Strong. Charlie Strong was a good man, and Charlie Strong was a damn good coach. Go look at him right now. But the, the job at Texas, it's a much bigger job than just being a good football coach. You got to be a good football coach. You got to be a brand ambassador. You got to be a, a counselor. You got to be, sometimes you got to be the superstar of the team. Last year, Texas didn't have a superstar. Tom Herman was the star of that team. Um, and that's not really what you want in terms of leadership. So I think ultimately Texas got the right guy. Uh, Charlie Strong, I love him, but, and I always say Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj size, but 
<laughs> you lost to Kansas, bro. You got to go. Yeah, you get you got to roll out when you lose to Kansas, and when you have three straight losing seasons, it's just hard to it's hard to really yeah. justify that a program like Texas. Uh, speaking of the superstars, speaking of the leadership, the uh, quarterback decision's been made. I don't think too many people were surprised by it. Sam Ellinger is uh, going to start against Maryland when the season opens. Do you think they made the right decision there? Uh, yes, they did. And I'll tell you what, I think it actually was a close quarterback competition late. Because what we know about Shane Bouchelle is Shane Bouchelle is really good in structure. You give him a running game like Deontay Foreman, of course, in 2016. He also had Connor Williams playing at an All-American level at left tackle in 2016. You give him that, an anchor on the offensive line and a running game, and then he was one of the best young quarterbacks in the country in that Sterling Gilbert system. They, they led the country in play-action passes, and I think that's when Shane Bouchelle can play at his best, but Texas doesn't have the guarantee of a good offensive line. They brought in Herb Hand from Auburn. They brought in Calvin Anderson, a graduate transfer from Rice, but there's no guarantee this offensive line is going to get better. They lost four graduate transfers, not grad, they didn't transfer, but just guys who decided to leave early, and a lot of, four of those offensive linemen, they didn't even transfer anywhere. They just decided to leave Texas and go get a real job. So that affects the, you know, the depth there at offensive line, so I think Sam Ellinger, he's an agent of chaos. So when the offensive line goes to hell and you don't have a running game on the road versus Maryland, you know what Sam can do? He can manufacture yards. He can extend the play. He can escape pressure. He can uh, – he's your leading rusher last year. He can run in between the tackles and be a power running game. He can scramble. So he just gives you more options on offense to be able to manufacture yards if the fit hits the shan. And one other thing about Sam, and I'll say this, I think he's more compatible with Tom Herman. Like I brought up on that, in that Texas Bowl, when he's dancing on the sideline, Sam's you know, right there. dancing on the sideline with him, Sam Milling is right there. Sam Ellinger is right next to his coach, dancing, doing the little strut, whatever the hell it was. And, I, and the people think it's a small thing. That's a big thing because Tom Herman has said numerous times that he likes Sam's mentality. He likes the fact that he likes to run over linebackers, which I do not. I don't yeah, I don't want Sam my quarterback doing that, man. I don't want my quarterback exactly. doing that. But Tom Herman said he likes it. He said, I don't want to coach that other young man. So my point is, I think, I would say picking a quarterback is like picking a significant other. The woman you marry is not the hottest woman you ever dated. She was the one that was right for you. And for Sam Ellinger, is compatible with the Tom Herman offense. He wants that plus one in the running game with the quarterbacks. And Sam Ellinger fits that most. And, and as far as the conference goes, I mean, if, if you just look at the Big 12, I mean, it's, it's the, it, there's a lot of people are high on Oklahoma. I think they're looking to be the first team to win it four years in a row, if I'm not mistaken. But there's yeah. a lot of, there's a, of all the powerhouses that we've gotten used to or the teams that have benefited from Texas being down, they all have first-year quarterbacks as well. When you look around the conference, uh, who do you think is the, are the biggest threats uh, to Texas? And obviously Texas isn't a front-runner, but who are the biggest threats? And most importantly, which quarterback do you believe in the most? Oh, bro, I'll give you a great stat. Here's a great stat. In I love Rod years, stats, man. I love oh, Rod man. stats. And I, I went deep on this one, so I'm a, I know I'm a nerd. Uh, since 1996, since the Big 12 inception, talking about 22 years, there's only been three years out of 22 years where a first-time starter has won the Big 12 title. Okay. Uh, o- Oklahoma with Paul Thompson in 2006, Sam Bradford in 2007 with Oklahoma, and 2013 with Baylor. Every other time. All right, it's been a veteran returning starting quarterback that has won the Big 12. Um, Texas actually has the best quarterback situation overall in the Big 12, in my opinion, because Shane Bouchelle is the only quarterback that started an entire season in the Big 12 right now. 
Even Will Greer, who's a, a AP All-American first-team quarterback, he's not started as many uh, an entire season like Shane Bouchelle has. Uh, so you have that with Sam Mellinger, who was, I think, the second leading – he's the second leading returning passer currently in the Big 12. So I like Will Greer, number one, because I like the returning starting quarterback right now. People are projecting NFL him. guys yeah. are high on him right now. Yeah. He may be the best deep ball quarterback in college football right now. His deep ball is beautiful. And he's got weapons to throw it to, too. Exactly. David Seals had 18 touchdowns last year. Guy averaged around 16 yards per catch. He's a beast, too. You know, the, the white wide receivers, man. You got to watch out for them. They're always They cold. got deceptive speed. You know that, man. <laughs> yeah, right. At what point can we just say Jordy Nelson's fast? It's always got to be that deceptive speed with the white guy. <laughs> he's also a gym rat uh, who's got high football IQ. He works <laughs> hard. I like I do I like West Virginia TCU that that loss of their D tackle Blacklock is going to be huge for them because they're going to win with defense this year not necessarily Sean Robinson so I would go with Oklahoma number one because Oklahoma since Bob Stoops won his first Big Twelve title they've won eleven Big Twelve titles with seven different quarterbacks so like Ohio State and like Bama it doesn't matter who's quarterback in OU that's just a damn good football program and I'll go with West Virginia because I like Will Greer coming back as a returning starting quarterback with all those weapons Dana Hoekstra may have his most prolific offense he's had since he's been at West Virginia so those are my two sleepers outside of Texas that I really like to win the Big Twelve and that's the that's the other thing about West Virginia the one good thing. Texas does have going for them is that West Virginia is historically so much different at home than they are on the road and you at least get to play them in Austin instead of having to go there that's that's a tough place to play I don't know I don't know how people do it and then Oklahoma you got Kyler looks like this is going to be his last year of football it's going to be it's going to be interesting we'll probably talk more about that as things start shaping up because the bottom line is Rod we can you you can be very close to the UT program but as far as following college football year to year it's not like the NFL we don't have a damn clue a lot of the times about how these teams are going to be until we see them play a few times. Yeah, the number one example of that, Landry, is K-State, right? We have no idea K-State year to year if they're going to be good or bad, but it's like, you know, don't don't disrespect or sleep on K-State and Snyder football, you know what I mean? Can you believe he signed an extension again? Like, it's not like a four-year <laughs> extension. Dude, I have not, I, okay, I've been trying to do this. You let me know, Landry, because you do great research, brother. Can you find me a picture of Bill Snyder when he's young? No. He's like Morgan <laughs> Freeman. He's the white Morgan <laughs> Freeman. Like, I, I, I can barely – like, Morgan Freeman has looked almost the same – he's starting to age a little bit here. But Morgan Freeman has looked the same age since, since he's been in the limelight. Bill Snyder is the exact same way. I'm going to agree with you on the Morgan Freeman thing, bro. I never thought about that, but you're right. It's the it's the exact same thing. So how do you think Texas does this year? Just just a, just a win prediction. Uh, I want to get that from you, and then I'm going to go back in time uh, to one of my favorite eras when, uh, when, when Texas started turning around uh, when you were playing. I'm going to ask you some hard-hitting questions about that. Oh, no worries. I got Texas, and people thought I was being optimistic. I got them at 9-3. and three. That's what I had. And, 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 and yeah, people, I'm, don't you want to get past the point where when you say Texas is going to win nine games and you went like a decade plus saying 10 was a given, where people look at you like you're almost predicting they're going to like be win every game by 50 points? That's my goal. I want to get to the point where I can predict Texas to win nine games without looking like I farted or something like that. <laughs> no, I'm with you, man. I feel like a homer. And I'm like, I'm a homer for picking Texas to win nine games. How the mighty have fallen, right? Like, that's what the standard has it's dropped been a, It's been a long time, though, man. It's been rough. It has been. But I, I, think, I think, you know, second-year turnarounds 
are something we've seen. Go look at the blue blood college football programs, right? There are 15, 20 of them out there. And when they hire the right guy at head coach, usually the turnaround doesn't take that long. You talked about James Franklin. It took him three years. Bob Stoops won a national title in his second year. Hell, I was on campus for that. Um, man, you Urban made Meyer. me sit through that ass whooping too, man. I remember that. I wasn't <laughs> allowed to Meyer. leave early. Urban Meyer won national title the second year. Kirby Smart went to a national title in his second year. Look at what Mark Ricks was able to do when he went to Miami. So I'm telling you, you have a blue blood college football program, which is you have all the resources, you have everything at your disposal. You're going to recruit great because everybody wants to be a part of that blue blood college football tradition. If you have the right coach, it shouldn't take you full five years to get things headed in the right direction. That's what took Charlie Strong so long. He was getting skunked. He was getting beat by 21-plus points. That's mad and embarrassing. Get off the stick. Texas fans won't stand for that. Last year, Tom Herman brought back the Texas fight. They weren't blown out in those games. They fought to the end. I think this year you see them get over the hump, so to win some of those games that were close games last year. So we both got them at 9-3. and three. Another thing, Nick Saban, 7-6 and six in year one, and there were a lot of pissed-off people yeah. at Alabama. There were players angry. They lost to Louisiana Monroe Nick Saban's first year. So right. when you're trying to change the culture, a lot of times that's what happens, and I, I think we both agree Saban's the best of all time. So no doubt. even he had a 7-6 and six his first year. All right, I want to get into uh, your era because uh, it was really when things turned around. Because I remember uh, I was leaving uh, a basketball game in Dallas. I was with my dad. We were driving, and we heard that Chris Sims had decided instead of going to Tennessee, he was going to go to Texas. And that was the (laughs) pivotal moment. That was the pivotal moment in the Mac Brown era. Me and my dad were excited. We were high-fiving. We were extremely pumped. And then, you know, you and Sims played together. I think I got matching tattoos, too, if you, if, if you want to bring something yeah. up on you. I don't want to. Yes, we do. Yeah, y'all so do. I'm proud he, of it, too, by the way. I'm proud of that. Dad. He also said that you disappear a lot. He was. I heard him on uh, Pardon My Take. He said he said you've kind of disappeared <laughs> on him and haven't, haven't kept in touch. So how are you going to get the man's uh, na- matching tattoo and not keep up? You might need to give him a call. But that was a good – that was a great era. I want you to come clean, and I, I'm, I'm, I've always stood by this. It seems like – Every Texas fan wanted Chris Sims to be the quarterback instead of Major Applewhite when Applewhite was in. Then Sims yeah. played, and all of a sudden, those the, the revisionist history was higher than it's ever been, and everybody said that they wanted uh, Applewhite the whole time. You were always a Sims guy, right? Yeah, I was always a Sims guy. Not only because he's my one, you know, he's one of my brothers from another mother of another color. That's my dog. Uh, but I thought he had a higher skin. I think that's why Matt w- w- was willing to give Sims so many opportunities to beat out Major because he ultimately understood the guy with the higher ceiling, and that's that NFL ceiling for a guy like uh, Mac Brown, he's like, that's going to take me to the national title. And I think he realized Major is great, but Major's ceiling was not an NFL ceiling. Even Major understood that. Major went to the Patriots undrafted, and he ended up leaving the Patriots. They didn't even cut him. He's like, nah, I'm out. I'm done. I'm moving. I'm a coach. I'm not a player. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think even though that Sims had an NFL ceiling from the day he got on campus, um, and I think Mac Brown wanted that. That's why you got the receivers you got the next year, right? You get you get Roy Williams, B.J. Johnson, Sloan. and Sloan Thomas, three five-star receivers, right, Man. in the same class because, hey, you got Sims there. they like, I want to go play with Sims. I want to go play with the Super Bowl champion son, the number one offensive recruit in the country. So other than, other, honestly, other than Ricky Williams, there is not a more important recruit in the history of, of uh, Mac Brown, Texas football, than Chris Sims. You don't want to believe me because I don't think you get Vince Young unless you get Chris Sims, and then you start that kind of that, that momentum going with Roy Williams, B.J. Johnson, and Sid Benson after that. I think that momentum helps you get Vince Young. Could be wrong about that, but – 
remember, I think Ricky, you know, Ricky did a lot. Ricky did more than anybody because he came back on the Heisman, and that was probably Mac's best recruiting job ever. But remember, Sam's like you said, was committed to Tennessee. Dude, it was a big deal. It was a big deal when he flipped. And Tim Brewster, who arguably is still one of the best recruiters in the country, Tim Brewster was the guy that flipped him, who's now one of the A&M's recruiting gurus. And I remember Sims told me, he said, the reason I came to Texas, man, is because I walked in there and I saw what it was kind of like an NFL locker room. He said it wasn't racially divided. He did bring up that Tennessee had kind of a racially divided locker room. Like guys were, the black guys were hanging out with the black guys and white guys hanging out with the white guys. And he was like, I'm from an NFL locker room. My dad, we all, I mean, everybody hangs out together. Um, and that's what he liked about Texas. I remember him saying that initially. So I think for, for, for Sims, you know, he still is one of the best quarterbacks in Texas football. He's, he'll never get props for that. But the truth is he, he put too much pressure on himself in big games. Yeah. And I think that's why he had his worst games on the biggest stages. And you go look at games he played against Nebraska and A&M, and, hell, and he killed those teams, threw some 300-some yards on them. But on the, in the Big 12 title games, the, the Texas OU games, he often had his worst games. I think he just put way too much pressure on himself. I think he learned to deal with that later on a little bit better. Yeah, it's funny you mention that because it kind of comes full circle here. You mentioned him flipping from Tennessee, and then you mentioned the Big 12 title game. Uh, it's It's been a while, Rod. It's, still, it's probably still painful for you to remember, but 2001, the Big 12 title wow. game. Uh, that oh. morning, Tennessee upsets Florida, so it looks like a win against Colorado is going to get uh, you and your, your team into the uh, Big 12 championship game. I was there. I remember yeah. it like it was yesterday. I mean, Chris Sims goes in there. He's turning the ball over. Then we remember Major coming in. He throws. The, he hits BJ on the post. He's running down the sidelines, pointing to Colorado. Then, some, yeah. then Colorado <laughs> fakes a punt. You take it to the house, pick six. Next thing you know, it looks like Major's going to get a chance to lead a comeback, and then the roughing the punter from Philip Giger. I asked. Oh. I, I only bring it up to say this because I asked Major this question, and I'll tell you his answer after he said it. It's it, it, it still hurts to think about, but if you would have won that game, you would have faced that 2001 Miami Hurricanes team. They would have right. beat the crap out of y'all, right? Hell no, man! Not the whole, not the crap. They might have beat us. They gonna beat the crap out of us because of that Major Mojo or what? Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because I'm, on that team, we still have Quentin Jammer at one corner. So I believe Andre is Andre Johnson a wide receiver with that Miami team? Uh yes, he was there. He, he was, was very right? young. He was very young, yes. Okay, so I think Quinn Jammer can lock up on one side. I, what I about Reggie was myself. Reggie I think Reggie Wayne might have been there though. Oh yeah, you might be right about that. Yeah, there's yeah, two there. Reggie Wayne. That's a great point. Um and then what I really would be concerned about, not gonna lie to you, the tight end and the running backs. Yeah, Jeremy Shockey. Yeah, they, didn't they have uh, one of the they had another tight end there too, right behind Shockey. Was I think Winslow. Winslow? I think Winslow might have been a freshman. They had they had okay. Shockey, and then at running back they had Clinton Portis, and yeah. then they had Frank Gore. Frank Gore, and I yeah. think McGahey was even a backup too. <laughs> yeah, that. You're not convincing me here, Rod. You're not convincing no, no. me here. Considering that Colorado ran it down our throats after we beat them by like I don't know thirty something earlier that year. Yeah, it would have been tough for us to stop that Miami running game. But Ken Dorsey, there's no way Ken Dorsey could have thrown our secondary. We were loaded, man. That secondary was nasty. Yeah, now Lee, you're making a Jammer, point. 
Nathan Vassar, Brooks, even our scrubs, man, that were like, say scrubs, the second string guys were pretty damn good. He wouldn't have been able to throw on us, but they probably would have been able to run on us, and maybe that would have been the difference. Major said it, and it was it was when we had him on in the morning. He didn't say it on the air, but I just want to say he said y'all would have lost, and he, he said the score would have been, I want to say he said a few touchdowns. I was shocked by that because I think of all people to, set, to, to admit it, I did not think Major would actually admit it. But it still would have been nice say, to see. Did he say he was starting at quarterback or since? Well, surely he would have started, right? That would have been a <laughs> foregone right. That would now you want to talk about controversy because that was right when message boards had just started. If if Major Applewhite leads y'all to that comeback against Colorado, and then Matt goes up there and puts Sims at quarterback starting, man, those message boards would have blown up, and that was before the message board era. That's a great point. True that. True that. Yeah, they, they would have beat us. I'm not gonna lie, they would have beat us. But hell, trust me, Rod B. I would have had a great game. I know that. Nah, you always, <laughs> you always had a great game. You might have dropped a few. You might have dropped a few interceptions, but you always, you always had great games, man. Hey, nobody caught the ball on my side of the field. Not even me. Yeah, that, hey, yeah, you caught it a couple times though. You caught it a couple times, and you, you really, you played offense in high school, didn't you? Because you, you knew what to do with it once you caught it. Yeah, I played wide receiver in high school. I don't know why I forgot how to catch when I got to college, but that wasn't always the case. <laughs> Do you have any advice for my co-host Day Day? Because he's, uh, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna call him Lavar Ball Light. I'm gonna ah. call him Lavar Ball Light on here. Do you have any oh, advice for him on how to, uh, how, how to conduct himself? Now he's not in the media, which is, which is why this podcast might have some appeal. But do you have any advice for my man here? <laughs> no, I got no advice, man. I'm a big. Everybody knows I love pop performance. So I've always been a big fan. Keep it real, even when keeping it real goes wrong, baby, because, hey, we need people out there to make sure they're putting out the real stuff and not that fake news. So I appreciate Pop performing. Keep doing you, bro. Shout out to, to, to Roy Babers, man. Like I said, man, you know, I'm a huge fan of their podcast as well, man. I listen to it every week, man. Oh, those guys are, are very knowledgeable over there as well, man. So, you know, shout out to him, Jeff, Matt, you know, the whole Longhorn Blitz crew, man. Uh, like I said, I love those guys, man. I'm huge fans of theirs, man. So I appreciate it, Rod, man. We're gonna have to catch up, dude. I'm gonna have to buy you a beer or something, dude. We're gonna have to chill. Exactly. Yeah. He's he's uh he's one of my favorites. He was he was one of my favorite players when he was there. That was I was just that that was the start of everything getting on the right track. But that that Miami team does kick their ass. And you can also catch him on the broadcast too. I just exactly. want to plug that the in. Broadcast, you know, yeah, right. Plug it for him. But uh, he he had a lot of interesting things to say. He actually thinks Texas is gonna gonna compete for the Big Twelve this year, and I. I not only think so, I think they better. I think I think Texas better compete for the Big Twelve this year. I think I think it's a nine win team. I think that I, I think that Texas will be in the Big Twelve title game. I'll go ahead and say it right now. I know you're looking at me like I'm crazy. I I, I to be honest with you, I, I don't I don't see them being in the Big Twelve uh championship game, although I hope they do. I honestly hope that they that that would be absolutely great for Tom Herman. It would be great for the program in a whole. I definitely uh, uh, want him to to uh, want Texas to, to get back there. Right now, I probably have Texas. Honestly, man, probably at eight wins. Okay, I have him at eight wins, and that's and that's with a bowl game, bro. Okay, you know, so you're eight saying wins. seven wins and then and then the bowl win. Yeah, okay. and then the bowl Damn, win. Damn, man. Like, yeah. I, I don't I, I don't think I could sit here and and in good faith say that that that's okay. Uh, I'm, look, I, w- I wouldn't be calling for Tom Herman to get fired or anything like that, but I can't, I can't sit here and look around at this conference and look at this, look at this team right now and and be okay with with a seven win season. I just couldn't, I, I couldn't, I, I I can't do that. I think there's too much talent on this roster, uh, and I just don't. I I, I it, man, if I, I I might come to your side of things if if they win seven games this year. 
<laughs> I, I might be. I, I might join. I might join the the, the Derek <laughs> Herman hate club. <laughs> well, c- come on over to the dark side. You are my. <laughs> you, you, I am your father. You know, if Herman happens to do well, regardless to again what I feel about him personally, if he happens to do well, I'm going to give this man, this head coach of the University of Texas. All of the love that I possibly can give them. Hey, those guys went out there. They played their ass off for you. They showed some things. I tweeted that in the bowl game. I say this was the best that I've seen Texas play all and year. And they were shorthanded as hell, too. Yeah. you know They were extremely shorthanded. And they came through through a Missouri team that towards the end of the year, they were hot. They were hot coming into the bowl game, bro. You know, and we went out there, bro, and, and, and without a Malik Jefferson, without, you know, uh, Deshaun, Deshaun Elliott Connor, and a lot of those guys, them, you know, Holton. came in there and they handled their business. So that right there shows what this team can be and what it can become and what it needs to become going into this year. So why do you have them at seven wins then or eight wins total? What are, what are the I, question marks for you? For me, the question mark is quarterback, the, and that's it. The, I'm, the, I feel good about this defense. The, 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 well, the defense, I, I, I feel good about the about defense. I, I'm a huge Brick and Hager fan. I'm a huge Malcolm Roach uh, fan. You know, Chris Boyd, I'm a fan of, of Chris Boyd, of course. You know, I have to see what Chris Boyd is going to do. I mean, he's had he's up and down. He's the top dog now. Yeah, but he's I, the last man but, standing right, at the Charlie era, really. He, 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 he's had up and down you know, situations, you know, as well. So he's going to have to come out there and he's going to have to be that alpha there. He's going to have to do his thing. I'm not completely sold on P.J. Lott right now, to be honest with you. I'm I'm not totally sold on him. I kind of look at him and Chris Boyd the same way where I feel like, you know, this is the year that, that they really going to have to prove themselves. It's the last shot. Uh, offensively, uh, I know that we have receivers. I, I'm with you at, at quarterback. We're still going to have to see what, what, what Sam is going to do. The O-line. To be honest with you, I mean, I know Tom is saying, you know, um, that the O-line is is looking a lot better. And it's a reason why Connor was Connor. And this kid here is stepping into that left tackle Connor was out last year. It's not like Connor's played every game. He missed most of the season. Right, right. You know, I don't mean to cast any dispersions on the kid or anything like that, but – it remains to be seen what this guy's going to do. There's so, question marks on so the it, line. It, so it's, it's There's que- question marks, right. for so sure. It's, it's question marks on the run. It's question marks in the running game. We don't know what Keontae Ingram going to be. We don't know what this offensive line is going to be. We don't know what Keontae Ingram is going to be. We've already seen what Kyle Porter is. You know, we've seen snippets of Tennille Carter. We've seen snippets of Daniel Young that you're not, you know, uh, particularly a huge fan of, you know, Daniel Young. So we don't even know what this running game is going to be. And when you have a quarterback like Sam, when you have a quarterback like Sam and, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you don't have a running game where everything is going to land on his shoulder, again, to your own admission, you have, you know, you don't know what you're going to get from the quarterback. So it, to me, the reason why I say eight wins is because it's still a lot of uncertainty. It's still a lot of things that we're unsure of with this team. You know, uh, you know defensively, they're going to be solid. I believe in Todd Orlando. I believe that this, this guy is going to have those guys ready to play. Offensively, I'm more concerned offensively than I am defensively because, again, with the lack of, of running game or the unsure running game that we don't know much about, uh, you know, what Sam is going to do, how much Sam has, has grown uh, throughout the offseason, you know, it's still a question mark. The offensive line, you know, still could be a question mark. 
The reason that I do think they're going to be good is, number one, I think the conference, the Big 12 conference as a whole, with all the inexperience at quarterback, I think it, it kind of brings – the the rest of the conference down to them and I also I, I think the defense is going to be just fine I feel I, I feel very confident in Todd Orlando but I also I also trust Tom Herman as an offensive guy I I I've I, I it is it is a free pass it's admittedly so but I trust I trust Tom Herman as a as a def, as an offensive guy and I think that Tom Herman is going to is going to have this offense looking much 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 better than it was last year. I'll be honest with you. I don't think it's going to look as bad as it did last year. Hell. It can't. It, it can't look any worse than, than nah, it did last it's impossible. year. But uh, however again I I still have, you know, question marks. I, I'm just you know, hey, I'm from Missouri, man. You know what I'm saying? The show me state, bro. Like like show me, bro. Show Based on what we seen last year, there there's no reason for me to be optimistic on what this team is going to look like this year. Even defensively, I know be, because to your point, you're saying, well, you know, with the inexperience at, at quarterback, you know, with other teams, you know, losing a Baker Mayfield, losing a Mason Rudolph and, and these guys, you know, like that. Of course, you have Will Greer coming back, you know, West Virginia. Or People whatever, are high you know, on that and, and dude. They, yeah, they, they're, they're really, really they're, high, yeah, really on, high on him. I just you never know, really seen it like but, that. They're talking you know about, what? like, top ten NFL. I didn't – I mean, I thought he was an okay quarterback, but I, I, I don't know what's going ne- on ne- with ne- that. Neither do I, I but, I mean, it. right now he he's, you know, projected to be – you know, kind of in the Heisman, you know, conversation to a degree or whatever. Just, I don't know. I I think it's hyperbole, but, uh, you know, you, you look at, at the conference, you know, in the new quarterbacks, uh, that, that'll be in the conference in the first year quarterbacks, that'll be in the conference. However, Tartalando defense kind of snuck up on people last year. Okay. And, you know, we, we, again, we've talked about, Losing a Malik Jefferson. We're talking about losing a disruptor like Puna Ford. We're talking about losing a Holton Hill. We're talking about, you know, losing a Deshaun Elliott or whatever. So you lost talent on that defense. But Holton missed a lot of the season, too. These are NFL caliber guys that we've lost on this defense. And again, Orlando, as great as his defense was last year, it it it, it evolved. They had a punter it, too. And they had a punt. Right. Absolutely. We'd be crazy not to mention He's the best uh, player on the Dixon. team. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that helps a lot. So when you look at everything that, that Texas has has lost, you know, with the punter, definitely Michael Dixon, and then the guys that we've lost defensively, and the defense kind of snuck up, kind of snuck up on, on everyone last year. Now they they've they have film on you now. I just don't. I I don't look at Todd Orlando as like a one year wonder. I look. I look at. I think his defenses well, no, I, are always going to no, be good. No, I'm I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying uh, that he is one. I'm saying that the talent that we've lost is is, is going to be huge. You got to you know replace these guys, so it's going to be huge. You know uh, the talent that we have. Like I said, I think Chris Boyd still needs to prove himself. I think PJ Locke still needs to prove himself. Devontae Davis over there on the other corner needs. I think that's your Malik replacement right there. As Johnson's going to be the guy making plays sideline to sideline. I'm not worried about him. You know, well, the, the linebacker position is, is is thin. You know, what do you think about Anthony Wheeler? I like Wheeler all right. I mean, he's solid. I don't I don't like looking at him like that dang that guy's going to play on Sunday one day, but he's 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 good. You know, Brandon Jones, you know, yeah. on 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 the back end. I mean, Brandon, you know, didn't look 
all that great last year. You know what I'm saying? They but got I got mean, some babies coming in yeah, now. Exactly. So that that's my thing is that even with this defense, when you lose the talent that you've lost, you know, uh, to the NFL on this defense, you know, these guys are going to have to step up. And again, now the other teams have had a whole year to look at this Todd Orlando defense. So now they can kind of, you know, pick their spots. Let's try this. Let's try that or whatever the case may be. So it's not sneaking up but on But they anyone. don't have any quarterbacks. If they don't have quarterbacks, you can't do it. Like, well, well, uh, cancel uh, out a little uh, bit. Again, we understand, you know, first-year quarterbacks or whatever the case may be, but your quarterback at times is only as good as your offensive play calling and what you have around you. How many times have we seen quarterbacks who had pieces around them, you know, that they were was able to to make them better just because they had a, a nice running game or they had a top-notch receiver or whatever the case may be. So, I mean, we still have to take things like that in, into consideration. Again, I want Texas to, to, to do well. I'm not rooting by no stretch of the, the imagination for Charlie to fail. I'm just being – Tom, Tom. I'm, I'm sorry. You keep mixing Tom. those two up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we you're going to make we, people throw yeah, up. Yeah, right. We, we talked about both, both of them. Charlie is gone, y'all. He's gone. He's gone. Hey, I wish him well, you know, over there in South Florida, man, you know, do his thing or whatever. But we we, we are here. We, we're in the Herman era. And, again, if Herman is the guy to change this program around, then, hey, kudos to him. Uh, again, you have him at nine wins. I have him at eight wins this year. Uh and, and I'll, I've been I, nine before the bowl. I got mm, nine wins. See, and I and I have them. I have them at with a bowl win, eight wins. So you got them at seven win. and five, and yeah, then and, and, five. and then a bowl win. Uh, just look at. We'll, we'll briefly touch around the conference. I I I'm not sold on Kyler Murray. Like I remember watching Vince Young in mop up duty his freshman year, and I was like, all right, that's the guy. I remember watching RG three when Baylor played Wake Forest uh, the first game of his career, I was like, that guy's got it. Johnny Manziel against Florida, his first game, that guy's got it. You know, I don't really know how – I mean, you're already paid. Where, where these guys are trying to get, you've already gotten there. And we know that you're going to go play baseball because the contracts are guaranteed, your money is already there, you already was a high draft pick or whatever. So I don't know how serious you're going to take this season. I don't know how much – how uh, – uh, uh, um, engage you're going to be. I just this don't think he, I just don't think he's the guy. And also, I saw him play a, a high school game. I was going to see him. the The opposing quarterback was just a sophomore, and I I didn't even know who this kid was. But I looked at that guy and I said, you know what, that guy's better than Kyler Murray. That guy happens to be Sean Robinson at TCU now, mm-hmm. and that I, I was more impressed with him in high school than I am Kyler Murray. I don't now, even see it. It's not even the pay. I just, I'm, I just don't see it, man. I mean, he, he, he's not going to be anywhere near. Uh, he's a, not a, Baker, a, a Baker yeah. Mayfield, nah. you know. But I believe that I'm going to give the kid the benefit of the doubt to, to say that you know he's going to go out there and he's you know going to give you know all he has to Oklahoma. I think he's going to go out there. He's going to compete because he, he wants people to, to, uh, to talk about him, you know, hey, you know, not only was this guy, you know, a, a, a good quarterback, you know, the year that he was at Oklahoma, but, you know, athlete, top 10 baseball pick or whatever in the draft. So I think that he he, he wants to kind of keep his name, you know, out there. He don't don't want to, uh, you know, be considered uh, 
a bust or just kind of a nobody at Oklahoma. This is know? his whole football career here. I mean, right. this is this is it. This is his last year. So maybe he's desperate. Maybe they do something. I'm just not. I'm not sold on it. Uh, TCU. TCU's good. I mean, TCU's a good team. They they probably have the. Is Gary? Yeah, they they have the best coach in the conference. I'll give it to yeah, Gary. Gary I'll give Patterson. It to Gary. I, I like Gary. I'm a Patterson, Lincoln Riley man. fan, but he's a young he's a young coach, so I can't I can't crown him there yet. But Gary Patterson, I would say, is the best coach in the conference. Uh, no disrespect to Bill Snyder, who's about 99 years old or whatever he is, but I, I think TCU has the best coach, and I, I think I like their quarterback. Uh, West Virginia, I'm just not buying it, and I'm glad that the Horns actually get to play West Virginia in Austin because it's just such a different thing, but I'm not buying this West Virginia hype. I'm not sold on, on Will Greer, you know, a, as well. I mean, I would be uh, sold on him if you weren't trying to tell me he was a top-10 NFL well, quarterback. Right, well, right, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he, he he's good because he he's – an air raid, you know, quarterback. Right. You know, he he's an air raid quarterback. And, and you hell, know, if he doesn't hurt his hand, they might they might have beat Texas last year too. Hey, no doubt. And 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 you know, not getting off the subject, that's kind of the the, the thing too. Is you know, again, everyone is giving Herman all of this praise, and but I think it's for to, what he can do, not what he did. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I feel like the Herman praise, and I'm I'm one of the guys that gives him a praise. I think it's about what he what they believe he can do, not what he's not what he did. I, I don't think anyone looked at that season last year and said, you know what, that was elite. It it was actually not that much better than what Charlie did or whatever. And making a point again in the K State game, if Chris Warren don't re- recover that fumble, we lose that game. If Will Greer don't get hurt, we lose that game. And I mean we could talk about a bunch of ifs or whatever hell if my if you know if my aunt had nuts she'll be my uncle. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? So we can talk about ifs all we want to, but the fact of the matter is, you know, you're he, saying the he, bottom line is wins or wins, and he wins, he he won seven games. Yeah, wins or wins, and, and he won seven games. But they they were ugly wins for the most part. And I believe that Tom Herman was a I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Todd Orlando was a lot of the reason you know behind you know those wins and being able to to keep those leads. And again, Michael Dixon, man, just being able to you know uh, change field position, man, and just as dynamic and great of a punter, you know, uh, uh, as he, as he was, but until Herman shows something this year, that's better than the product that he put out last year. And he has to, and like you're going to you give him props. I mean, that's, that's what we're going to do every week. Every week we're going to come on here. We're going to react to the game. We'll, we'll, we'll put it out, uh, every, uh, Sunday, Sunday night or, or Monday morning. It's going to be, we're going to react to every game, but this is it. You're going to give him props when he when he succeeds, yeah, but we're no not doubt. going to sit here. We're not going to sit here and wave pom poms. We're going to give you the passion that, <laughs> that 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 Texans fans want to hear. That Texas fans. Yeah, want man. To hear. This this is not a podcast. You know, like I I told you guys, man, it wasn't going to be a Herman bashing. And we ain't going to sit here know, and break down the Big Twelve too deep. Yeah, like man. That. Yeah, we ain't going to do if, all if that. You you want, know. If you want some nerdy, like we'll react to the games and we'll talk about the team that we know, which is Texas. We watch every snap of every Texas right, game, yeah. but we weren't going to sit here and and, and break down. TCU's battle at right guard or something yeah, right. like that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm that's, not, that's not. That's not. That's not what I'm. That's not what we're doing. We're we're the voice of the fan. We're gonna have credibility. We're gonna have fans on, and and, and that's what we're gonna do. And I and I love I love analytics, man. But you know, like, damn. just like you said, man, I'm not gonna go with all the nerdy. Man, and breaking down, you know, who's this, who's that. Hey, who's ever on the field, bro? If their ass is is balling, we're gonna give them their props, and if they getting. 
torched out there, bro. We're going to clown their ass. And same way with Herman, man. If Herman is out there and he's doing an outstanding job, hey, man. Hey, I'll take my hat off to him. Give him the hashi tashi, you know, <laughs> you know, greeting, so to speak, man. And you know, hey, God bless him, man. But if he comes out there oh, with God. the we same already know you ain't got to tell us. We already know. I'm telling you, bro, it's gonna be bad, bro. And I'm gonna say how I feel. Oh, I know. And I don't give a your damn. Thumbs are, your thumbs are your your thumbs are getting loose as man, you're saying this. You got care. those Twitter thumbs ready to go. <laughs> I, I want him to be successful because i need texas to be successful so i'm not being uh, i'm not letting my judgment uh being clouded by uh how i may feel personally about him or whatever it's about these kids it's about this university it's about longhorn nation and that's what we want it to be about man so we're gonna give it to y'all man honest and truth uh whoever downloads man we ask that you guys share this podcast with you know, your friends or tell people about it, man. I, I feel like, you know, no disrespect to any other podcast out there. I know everyone is doing their job, but I feel like we're giving you the really, you know, right here. Again, you know, we ain't going to, you know, go on for 15, 20 minute bantering at the beginning of the show. No. We're going to die we right, in. right in. We're going to get into the man and we're going we gonna to give it to you, man. And Why do people <laughs> think you don't work? I work every day, man. You know what I'm saying? My son does not take care of me. Yes, have my son done things, you know, for me, for his mom? Of, of course. I mean, you know, we as parents, we're not, we didn't just pop up in their lives. Like, we've been there through uh, the whole process, you know. But, I mean, when you look at, at, at what, roughly about $4 million or whatever over uh, uh, four years, that's not, a, that's not life-changing money for nah. yourself and everybody around you. I got Texas by 20. I'm going 42 to uh, 22. I'll go 42 to 20. For, wow. Yeah, 42 to 20. I think they come on strong. Wow, yeah. really? I think Andrew. they come on strong. Why, 42 to 20, bro? 42 to 20. That's what I got. I'm drinking it, man. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, drinking I, it. I, yeah, I need some of that <laughs> you smoking. <laughs> <laughs> My, you on that good <laughs> shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take. I'm going to take Texas uh, in this game, and, and I'm not going to lie. I'll be honest with you. I really just made my decision as we were recording the podcast, man, uh, uh, because, like I said before, it was just a lot of questions, a lot of things that, that uh, I'm looking at, you know, with Texas uh, that I'm unsure of. Uh, Maryland is coming back, you know, with a lot of their guys. You know, you got a lot of distractions the, yeah, though. Both, both, yeah, man, and no the, DJ the Moore. Yeah, Thank no goodness. DJ, yeah, and, and, Thank and, goodness. And they made some big. DJ Moore made some big plays. Like, but Kasim Hill, you know, came in and and you know he was kind of a lightning rod. The the, the uh, two running backs, both of those guys were good. They were kind of gashing Texas last year as well. Uh, uh, Pigram. Pigram will be back, you know. So that that read option that they were running, man. I mean, they they were. So what do you got? What do you got, yards, man? Um, uh, 42 I'm, I'm, 20. I'm, I'm on I'm, the record. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Texas. I'm gonna take Texas 24 17, man. It's been a fun episode. 42 20, 24 17. Uh, the season's gonna start Saturday. We're gonna react to it every week. 41 acres. Tell your friends. And uh, until next week, you want to say hook them? Can you say hook them? Are you allowed? Oh, uh, you're a Longhorn <laughs> hater. So. I don't know. Uh, you want to say gig them? You're an Aggie. You're a, you're you're an Aggie recruiting wow. tool. Hey man. Hey, let me tell you something, bro. I would rather jump off a building and catch my eyelid on a rusty nail than to ever uh, be an Aggie or a Sooner, dude. You know what I'm saying? It, it's 
uh, literally uh, 445 right now and OU still sucks. You know what I'm saying? It totally sucks to be an Aggie. You guys will always be the little brother to Texas. I don't give a damn what Texas is going through. You guys aren't done. I think you guys have a, a, a coach that you guarantee $75 million to, you know, to maybe go 6-6. Six and six, You know, but hey. We'll, I like this. <laughs> but hey, I like we'll, this. You know, we'll see, man. As always, man, it's burnt orange love over here, man. You know, Texas is my heart. I'm going to say hook them. Hook them always. Hey, respect to Tom Herman, man. If he comes out there Saturday and those guys play for him and he does his thing, man, kudos to him, dude. Hey, I'm going to give him all the props, man. Much love. All right, much love. We're going to get out of here on that. Uh, tell your friends. Subscribe on iTunes as well. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a process, but it's going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be the number one Longhorn podcast on the Internet sooner rather than later. Uh, for my man Derek, I'm Landry Locker. We'll talk to you next week after the Longhorns win against Maryland. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.